0: We have life-changing talk radio, we give you good news to keep you on the go, and you can also share the good news, you know, and that's the way we keep in the flow, we only focus on the positive things, yeah, we only focus on the positive things, yeah, we never go put none of the negative in there, we never go put none of the negative in there, NFT, NFT, NFT. News for the soul at the very best. NFT, NFT, news for the soul at the very best. Log on to www.newsforthesoul.com. Come hear the good news, share the good news. And we all feeling good for the good news. You are listening to the News for the Soul Radio Network. And we're back, and
1: it's time to go live again. I'm Nicole Marie Whitney, news for this radio, life-changing talk radio. From the uplifting to the unexplained, and over the many years that we've been around, we have talked to one very special scientist and author with a real gifts in bridging science and spirit. And spirit. <laughs> Dr. Bruce Whitton is with me here for the next hour, here today on News for the Soul. No, he's not. Nicole Whitney, <laughs> News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. Yes, it's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen.
0: Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight.
1: Why Are You Here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wild. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important tasks important work because you are spreading a very positive message
0: i was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness i'm feeling enormous energy around this show just enormous enormous uh, I, i really have to hand it to you nicole you've created sort of a niche of amazing amazing connections it's just like the angels and the devatas that are like attracted to News for the Soul is amazing. And we love News for the Soul! Hello everybody, this is Daniel Brinkley. Welcome to the hearts and minds of Enfoldment. This is News for the Soul. Hello, this is Satyan Raja and you're listening to News for the Soul open in your mind, your body, your being, allow yourself to drench in this awesome information to evolve you to your next place. Hey, this is Dave Morehouse, and you're listening to News for the Soul.
1: Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. I think everything's a little more normal now. It was absolutely bizarre. Energy has been crazy, but we are here now as we should have been about half an hour ago, I think. Um, actually, I don't even know what time it is right now. That's how all over the place I am. Normally on the fourth Friday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, all Astrology with Anne. Let's bring her on. Um, I'll let you know that we. I think we're going to be able to open the lines. We're just correcting some things on the switch bar, but let's get Anne to reintroduce herself, her show, her work, and what's up for today. And for the love of God, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi, Nicole. It's great to be connected with you. <laughs> and she said, we've had our problems, but it's working now. And as I said to Nicole, Yay. when the world energy is messed up, you know it in many, many, many ways. And this little snafu was only a tiny one that we don't have to worry about. Okay, well, what I do is astrology, and we're going to open the lines, people. So you can call in and get just a little brief reading. But it was interesting, yesterday I was talking to a client and she said, it's like, today your energy really changed and you got nervous and crazy. And she said, and we talked about a lot of things. She said, how do you know this? How does astrology work? And I said, you know, I don't know how it works. Nobody knows how it works. But the thing is, everything is part of the universe. We are an interlocked universe universe. If a butterfly flaps its wings in China, it can set wind currents going that sets off El Niño's in the United States. You don't know, but everything is connected. And the cool thing about astrology is the moment you're born, so you're, bec- you're now being born a physical part of this universe, there is a pattern that is you. And everything that happens in the world around you reflects off that pattern of you. And again, I was talking to another woman who had children who were in their late 20s and suddenly found herself with a new baby. And she said, well, it wasn't planned, but it was meant to be. And I said, you know, you're exactly right. We are part of this world, and our birth sets off a pattern that we will play. And it's not always something literal. It's like a weather forecaster can't say for sure then it will be 96 degrees and sunny for the next week. They can say, well, generally there's sunny, warm temperature coming, but it may not be accurate, you know. What we get with astrology is trends and systems and patterns, and we can interpret those patterns in many, many ways. So the question between fate and free will is both. They're, the fate is the energy systems you will encounter, and you've got to figure out how to encounter them. The free will is how do I encounter them? And the more sensitive you are and the more adept you are at managing energy systems, the better you'll be at making good outcomes from tricky situations. Now, unfortunately, that's a rule that doesn't apply on a global scale because until all of the... <laughs> world until, well, with hydrogen atoms it takes 2% to turn it into a superconductor. So with people, it would take 2% of the world working at a really, really high level to change the world. That's a guesstimate. It's, um, you know, I'm not a scientist and I can't say hydrogen is equal to all the people in the world, but that's a principle we can kind of wrap our hands around our heads around. I was always taught that you you can't expect the highest outcomes for the world until the people of the world are working at a higher level. So those of us working at a higher level have to keep staying in that high level. And one of the things that I have noticed over the years is that when something bad happens, a lot of people think that there is some benefit in feeling bad about it. Now certainly, when a shock or a horror happens like 9-11 or the Israeli attack, the Hamas attacks on Israel, all of these things create an immediate shock in the system. And there's a lot of things to be sad about. But if we allow ourselves to build on that personal sadness about the situation, are we contributing to the happiness of the world? No. We have to set ourselves on a peaceful path in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, and then extend that sense of peacefulness as far as we can extend it. And that will lead to more happiness in the world. It's a simple thought. It's a silly thought in some ways. But the basic thing is, if you're wanting to increase the happiness in the world, you cannot attach yourself to the misery. You can attach yourself to finding good outcomes for those who are suffering. That's a different thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, anybody anyways, does.
1: I mean empathy versus yeah. you know, getting caught up in it. Um
0: what the yeah, heck is going
1: on astrologically I'm, right now though?
0: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the beginning of that sentence. Oh dear.
1: I was just saying, you know, I'm wondering, I'm curious as to, because things are nuts right now. They're, they're yeah. all over the place, a lot of contrast. Um, so I'm curious what is going on astrologically that may explain or contribute to that.
0: Well, there are a number of things going on in the outer planets. Now, the inner planets move fast. Mercury moves a day a degree every day, and Venus moves almost a degree every day. Mars takes two days. But when we get to Saturn, it's instead of 30 days for a sign, it's it's seven years for a sign. And Uranus is more years than, let's see, the Uranus cycle is 84 to get through all 12 signs. Mars cycle is two years to get through all 12 signs. So when we talk about outer planets, we're talking about the slow planets. And the slow planets, when they make a lineup, create energy that doesn't change quickly. It can incite change, but it doesn't change quickly. And we've got a really interesting pattern in the sky right now where we've got one, two, three, four, five, six planets and in the 20, 22 to 25 degrees in the chart. And so what we're looking at is like tuning a bell. If you've got a whole lot of planets that are very close together, it sets off a gong. And that is, that's that's shared throughout the world. That gong is going everywhere throughout the world. And the planets we've got involved in this is Uranus is trying Pluto. Uranus is the planet of rebellion, I'm not doing it your way, my way or the highway, and Pluto is you change or you die. And those two planets are characteristic of what's going on in the Middle East right now. My way or the highway, or you change or you die. And that's the situation that's in that. Now, right exactly between those two planets is Neptune, which is a planet that has to do with ideals, it has to do with spirituality on a high level, but on a lower level it has to do with ideals and often illusions or even delusions. So this exaggerated freedom or death feeling that is happening in both of the countries involved is being exaggerated by the idealism that each country has in their own system and their own complaints. So it's, it's a subtle exaggeration, and fortunately, it's not like lighting a fire. It's just making people more delusional about what can be solved by violence. <laughs> so that's what we've got going on in the world. We've also got the north node in the chart in Aries, which is a very aggressive planet. And the north node isn't very skilled at what it does, so an unskilled way of waging war, and Mars, the ruler of Aries, is in Scorpio, which is also its sign, and it's also the sign of revenge, and we've got four planets in that sign right now, and on October 7th, we did not have four planets in that sign, so it's moving more into the revenge stage, so this is not, you know, this is yucky, (laughs) this is yucky. We got to deal with it. And the the fact is the world is in a messy stage and it's going to be in a messy stage until the mid-20s. And I don't think we're going to be completely out of it until almost 2030. And what we need to do when we're in a messy stage is learn how to moderate the energy by moderating ourselves, moderating our own um, hearts and souls and communication patterns I made a comment on a, on, a, on a group conversation that I thought was a, a conciliatory and thoughtful comment, and I ended up being attacked by dozens of people for saying oh things my. that I didn't say. And, you know, it was just, it was ridiculous. But it was, somehow I had pushed a button that triggered anger that didn't have anything to do with what I said. They were misquoting me and blaming me for the misquote, you know. And so I dropped out of the whole discussion because that's not a way I can contribute to peace. It's Mm. it's not a way I can contribute to peace. Now, I'm not saying that's a good answer for everyone. I'm I'm kind of a conflict avoidant person myself. So it's an easier thing for me to do. But, yes, it would get me angry when people would say I would said, you know, attack all of this or let Hamas do anything they want. Or it's like, what? Um, But I didn't say it, and I'm not going to contribute to the argument. It's very tempting to get involved in arguments. And the only thing we can say is we need peace. And we need peace in our hearts, because if we don't have it in our own hearts, extended with love to all the people in trouble, there's not going to be a solution. And that's, that's all there is to it. The other thing about living in the physical human world, we don't have to even use the word human, the physical world, is it ain't perfect. It wasn't designed to be perfect. (laughs) It was designed to allow us to learn how to deal with imperfect situations. So we have to take it as a learning exercise. And that's a horrible thing to say. But what else can you say? I don't know. you have any ideas what else we can say?
1: Well, you know, it, it always seems to come back to that, doesn't it? Doing our own work on ourselves and being yeah. our better self and contributing that energy. It always seems to come back to that.
0: And there really are principles that say that the more people you have working on a very high level, the more peace will be extended. Um, in the Six-Day Wars, back whenever, ancient history now, there was a group of meditators who set themselves up in Israel for permanent meditation. And they stopped that war in six days. Mm. And this it does matter. And if we all meditate on peace and love in that part of the world, we can contribute to it. It's It's been demonstrated. These meditators have worked in cities, high crime rate cities, and dropped the crime rate between 10 and 20%. It's it's doable. We can do this inside ourselves. But as an astrologer, I just astrologer, I just look at the chart and say we need to adjust, we need to learn how to adapt, we need to learn what is important on a spiritual basis and what isn't important on a spiritual basis. And that's an entirely different question about uh, than War and then worn pieces. We have to look at what is spiritually important. And in my opinion, and many people have and will argue with me, both sides are suffering from traumatic past, and they're in each other's way when it comes to answering that question. So I pray for the healing of the past, which is a neat thing you can do with consolation therapy, which is another thing that I do, but it can't be done on a on podcast. But what it does is it allows you to work with individuals who are having a problem in their life now and, and invariably you will find that they are reliving a problem that one of their ancestors was unable to, to resolve. And when you have individuals representing the ancestors In fact, you don't even have to let them know who they're representing. You can say you're person one, you're person two, you're person three. But it's, you know, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, but they don't know that. And they are placed in a, what looks like a random way in the room. And the individuals will start feeling feelings that they, that aren't theirs. And, you know, it's like my arm really hurts. I don't know why my arm is hurting. And the person who has said person B is my grandfather who had a war injury and his arm didn't work and it hurt all the time. And they'll say, that's my grandfather. You know, it's it's amazing. When you resolve the problem in previous generations, the person who's experiencing a version of that problem now is released. And not only are they released, but they'll find their family members are released I had one man from, well, his ancestors were northern India, and they'd moved to southern India for financial reasons. And then they had moved to, I think it was Kenya, Kenya, for financial reasons. There's a large Indian population in Kenya. And he had moved to the United States. And he could not get his business going. And it turned out the whole issue was homesickness. His father was homesick for northern Italy. His grandparents were homesick for northern India, excuse me, northern India. He didn't really know. He was born in Kenya, but he had picked up that homesickness. And when we resolved the homesickness, his father, who had refused to sell the, the ailing business in Kenya, called my client and said. I've decided to sell the business and move back to India. I mean, that was within days of the constellation. (laughs) So there are ways we can heal the past. There are ways we can heal the past. And I don't know if this works. It's not the way constellations are set up to work. But I've certainly been spending a lot of time feeling the pain of those who were displaced from their homeland, those the. So the Jews could move in and create Israel that was that was not a good solution for them, and they were refugees many times in each generation so there's trauma there and then the 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 Jews we don't even have to talk about their trauma and it wasn't just World War two it goes back thousands of years so both sides were traumatized, and I keep going in my mind to a random individual and trying to feel back into their friendly line to heal the trauma of their ancestors. But it's a PTSD situation. Anyway, enough about politics. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: well, it's the spiritual side on some level of healing. And, and like you said, the trauma, I mean, it's just, um, it's got to get sorted out. You know? It's gotta get sorted out. Yeah. In a better way. Yeah. And and
0: I really see World War Two was a result of bad decisions made at the end of World War One where Germany felt that they could not possibly pay reparations and they wanted revenge against the punishment they had received. And then we got World War Two and that victimized the Jews to an unbelievable extent. So we gave them Palestine, and kicked out the Palestinians. I mean, it's just, we're making bad decision after bad decision. If I had to, no, you know, if I had to design answers, I would say the Israelis need to talk to, to Gaza residents about who are the people who are designing these attacks and turn them over to a court for war crimes. And because right now we kill Hamas, we're creating more Hamas. I mean, you can't just go kill everybody to catch a dozen Hamas leaders. Yeah, it seems like a
1: very primitive approach. Um, But there we have it. Yeah, you know, this is the thing. And you were saying about how the, it's ironic, because the show that was trying to play when we were trying to start our show with you, uh, like, one of my earlier conversations with Bruce Whipton, I think he talked about that very thing in that interview about what percentage it was, you know, of uh, the energy that it's going to require to shift um, to
0: into, make changes. you know, a highly right.
1: conscious state collectively.
0: It's not very high. It's not a high percentage. But it, it requires that all of us who care make it a discipline not to go into anger and defensiveness. Make it a discipline to feel what's underneath that and can be converted into love and compassion. And it's a non-exceptional thing, and I, I can't say I don't ever feel that way, which is why I dropped out of that discussion group because I was feeling angry at the people who were accusing these things. It's like, okay, this is not helping.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, indeed, it does not
1: contribute Uh, anything productive, energetically, at the very least. Um, Well, I don't know if lines are going to work for us today with all the kerfuffle that we had to get on the air, but we're on the air. And, you know, we're on the air when we're supposed to be talking about what we're supposed to talk about. Um, But having said that, well, let's give out the calling number, first of all. Um, If you're listening and you wanted to call Anne and do an astrology meeting on the air today, you can do that, 646 595-4274, 646-595-4274. 595-4274, 646-595-4274. And that number is on the website, com. Also, the email's there as well. You can email in, which we're getting some email requests now. What information do you need if they're emailing in a request for a meeting
0: in? Well, they can either email me directly, anne at com dot com. Or they can go to my website, um, www.stariel.com, And you can leave me a message there. It's easier just to go direct to me because... But for, for during the show purposes, we've
1: got an email all set up, and they'll email us during the show. what information are you able to do readings for people if they email in a request like now during the show?
0: Well, I need to get my email open and new email coming in, so I will be on to do that. I'll just use them to you. <laughs>
1: I just, I okay. just need to know what. to – You know what? Let's try a caller first. Let's see if the board's going to work first. All right. Okay. Um, here we go. Let's go to area code five seven zero. Lucky you you got on the board somehow. What's your first name? Where are you calling in from? Hi, Kayla, and I'm calling in from Pennsylvania. Hello. Kayla,
0: okay.
1: Let me get your
0: birthday, Kayla. October 1st, 1988. And do you know what time of day you were
1: born? 10.01 a.m.
0: Wow. That's good.
1: <laughs> okay, and what Um, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. P-O-T-T-S.
0: P-O-T-T-S. V. Yep, correct. Okay. Okay, we got your chart. And you've got Aquarius rising. You know, you are a live and let live person. You let people be who they are. You don't really get involved in trying to change people's minds, but you're always surprising people and you also always have a way of being ahead of your time. It's like you'll sit in a meeting and you'll say something and nobody will hear you and 15 minutes later somebody else will say exactly what you say and they'll go, oh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> that's Aquarius Rising. This is um You're contributing to to the collective with Aquarius Rising. And that's why you're not getting the credit for all these ideas. I used to do that with, I used to make my own clothes. I have Aquarius Rising, same degree almost. And like a year after I made my great new design, you'll be fashionable. And I'd be real frustrated because I wanted to be different. But um, (laughs) you've also got Venus and Aquarius in the 12th house. And that means that you have a, um, your approach to love and romance is not the standard. You're not going to look for the white picket fence marriage with a, you know, husband and two kids. You're looking for something that gives you more flexibility, more individuality, um, more freedom even. You may not be really overt about it. You're, well, yeah, you've got Moon and Gemini and it's very closely tied to that Venus, so you'll talk about it. It's not disruptive, it's just the way it is. And I don't Uh know why I'm going this direction with you, but you've also got a really strong sex drive. So this is an interesting conversation that can make a fun and challenging, I suppose, life, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and it's the way you are. And the other thing that's really neat about your charts, you've got um, sun and mercury very close together, in Capricorn, and Neptune is close to that too. So the sun Mercury means that, well, this sign for Mercury is a is, is the, is the sign where you don't have the quick answer. Somebody says something to you and you come up with a perfect reply two days later. You have to think things through before you speak. You don't just blurt things, but boy, your mind works well. The other thing about this right. combination where Neptune is close to your sun, also you retain. You retain things that you learn. I had a friend with this pattern, and he and I were reading the same books. And I'd read the book in like two days and give it to him, and he'd take two months. And then when he'd start talking about it, he knew every word in that book. And I only kind of got the main theme. <laughs> so you're, you get when you study something, you get it deep. You get it thoroughly. But this Neptune also makes you a tremendous idealist. But it grounds your idealism. You have to be, your ideals are mm, literally grounded in practicality. So it's not, it's not the kind of pattern that leads to um, taking delusional action. You may have some delusional ideas, sometimes everybody does. But you don't act on them. You figure them out before you act. Now, you've got an interesting thing because your sun and your ascendant are both ruled by the planet Saturn. And Saturn is a planet of responsibility. but it's in the sign of travel and learning. And it's right next to Uranus, which is do it differently, do it unusually. So you're, you're not a typical Capricorn. <laughs> you are very much more an Aquarian than a Capricorn. It's an exciting chart, your chart is. Let's see what's going on in the world right now that may be affecting you. Okay. And I should, I'll look at your Indian chart, too, depending on how our time is working. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, Mars is coming up. You're getting ready to have a Mars return, which is starting. It's 15 days. It's, it's actually going to be 15 degrees. It's going to be 30 days. But you're going you're gonna to start a new plan of action in about 30 days. You probably are beginning to see oh. what it's going to be probably in about four days. And these, these, this timing is based on the nurse in the hospital writing down your birth time exactly right. But based on that right. timing, we've got about four days before this Mars is going to start. You'll know what you're doing. You'll know the shifts you're going to make. It's career-oriented, actually. Um, okay. And it looks to me like your career has to do with a lot of privacy issues. I don't, I don't know what that is, but it's the Scorpio career point with Mars in Scorpio in pretty close to the career house. Wait a minute. You've got to, because you are born north, that's not your career point. Your career point is Sagittarius. So, yeah, it's a different career point. So forget the career point having to do a secrecy. It could relate to that okay. because of the position of Mars, but it's that's not what it is. It's high responsibility and it's an unusual situation. It's what we see in the career part of your chart. And it probably has a lot to do with groups or organizations. Is that fair? Sort of, yeah. Okay. We've got... Neptune aspecting the part of your chart that has to do with the past. It can be your early life. It can be previous lives. But it is bringing this stuff up to your awareness, possibly in dreams or in daydreams or fantasies. And there's something magical in a very beautiful way about these feelings and memories And what it's doing is it's making it possible for you who, despite your being very grounded, are very psychic because of the Sun-Neptune conjunction. It's exaggerating that. Neptune is the kind of psychic where you can walk into a room and tell other people that there's been a big fight in here just before we got here, or something great just happened in this room. You just breathe it in the air. You just know it. And this is encouraging that kind of energy for you. And we've got the moon in this chart is highlighting one of the rulers of of Neptune's signs, which is Jupiter. So we've got good, uh, there's good energy happening in your chart. Also, I've got to say in four days, you're likely to be really angry about something. So based on our earlier conversation, this is a situation where you have the power, but you can't use it to fight. And it's the stand back and wait kind of situation. You may be really charged, or other people around you may be really charged with anger, but the, um, the high growth position in this is to collect your power into your core and be patient. Um, okay. That's, that's the energy and so You'll see it in you'll see it in three days and four days. It's moving. Several things are actualizing this planet in your chart. Okay, very interesting. Get ind- I'll have to remember that. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I, I don't know you. I just know the chart. So mm-hmm. we use what we can use. So let's see, Kayla, and I'm going to get your data again. It was ten one. 88. 88. Yep. And 10.01 AM. AM. Correct. Yeah. And PA, Ottsville. Okay. And now we're looking at the Indian chart. And this chart, your son is a Virgo son. How can this be? 10.188. I'll be January 188, right? October. Okay. I'm going to go back to your Western chart because I typed 10, but it only got one. So it has January 1. Okay. Rectify. Those things, too, sometimes give us information that's important to know, so... But what we've got here is we've got Scorpio rising. We'll start from the beginning. You still have a Gemini moon. You've got Scorpio rising. Your sun is in Libra. And your Venus, which is the ruler of your sun, is in a challenging position with the ascendant. That's how you present yourself. And your Venus is in Leo, which is drama. So you like to really... Dress well, or dress in an, in a noticeable way, but yeah. you don't want to reveal yourself in it. So you do you do your your extra scarves and odd jewelry and whatever it is. But you keep who you are as opposed to who you look like secret. You right. are yeah. also a see. Isn't it funny? You get the right time and date. <laughs> you get the right chart. Um, you're also a person who's very um, conflict-avoidant. And you are so conflict-avoidant that at times it's almost a lie. (laughs) Somebody says, the sky is purple today, and you're looking out and it's just as clear blue as you've ever seen. You're unlikely to just say, no, it's not purple. You're more likely to say, oh, okay, I can see what you mean. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely. <laughs> so that's kind of an odd thing. You still have that that Saturn Uranus conjunction which is so powerful and it's your second house it has to do with your values. You have a really strong spiritual and outside of the left field value system. It's like your value system is not the same as everybody else's, but it's probably based on a global approach to philosophies and religions, and it's also highly spiritual, but it's not woo-woo. So it's just a fascinating system of values here for you. Uh, Do you have children? Yes. Um, you, the ruler of your ascendant, what you know, it's kind of like your starting point in life, is in the house of children, and it's really speaking of creativity. It also suggests two things. It suggests that your first child was a boy, and was not a not a planned pregnancy. Is that fair? Uh, well,
1: not a boy, but it wasn't a planned a pregnancy.
0: Boy. No. It, I didn't hear the second part. It was a planned pregnancy? It, it wasn't planned, no. It wasn't planned. Okay, the Aries is, is acting before thinking kind of thing. So it makes things happen before you expect them. And because we've got Mars in Aries there, it looks like it would be a boy. But this is, these are only guideposts, so we have to look at them and test them with your reality. Now I'm going to go to your Indian chart. And we've got your sun not in Libra, but your sun is in Virgo in the Indian chart. And the ascendant is Libra. And Mercury is retrograde in the ascendant, which gives it a very strong energy because the retrograde position is an exalted position. When we look at your life, one, two, three... Um, To use the most simplistic interpretations in the Indian system, I would say that you are likely to have an older sister and a younger sibling who has difficulties or who may not have survived childhood. Yes. Okay. Yes, and a a younger sibling who passed away. Yeah, and it looks like you had a very close, almost mothering relationship with that sibling because of its relation to the moon. Correct. Which therefore means, which is not an astrological thing, it's a psychological thing, if you have that kind of relationship with a sibling who's lost, that was very much a framer for your life. And as you get older, you'll start to see what a gift it was, which I know is a horrible thing to say, but I can say it because I'm old and I also had a younger sibling who died that I was mother to more or less. So as you get older, you will start to see what could not have happened in your life if it hadn't have been for that experience and that what has happened because of that is so valuable that you can now thank your sibling instead of Just saying, why did that awful thing happen? And when I look at your chart, I'm looking for where is Chiron in your chart? And Chiron is the wound that heals. Some people call it the wounded healer, but it's not really that. It's a wound that causes healing later in our lives. And I'm looking around for Chiron on my screen and it's hiding from me. Where is it? Well, I don't know where it is. (laughs) I can't find it in this chart. I must have... Something is not here. Um, So we can't talk about Chiron, but but basically what you're going to find is when you hit 52, suddenly... You're going to notice one thing after another that starts to make sense to you about why this happened and what you do in your life and what that experience of losing your sister has given you or brother. I don't know which one it was. Chiron is in your eighth house. Eighth house is the house of death. And it's in the sign of mothering and it's exactly opposite Neptune which suggests that you could have a very strong psychic connection with that sibling to this day. Do you know how to connect psychically with people who've passed? No. Um, If you feel the love that you had for that child and send it to them and just relax and feel that love, you are likely to start feeling the reciprocation. And you may get little hints of messages that don't come in words, but come in feelings. The way to communicate with people who are not in physical is not with words, it's with feelings. So I would suggest you do that because that child is very, very connected to you.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll have to give that a try.
0: Thank you. That's a lot
1: of amazing information.
0: Well, it is. You've got an amazing chart, and it's an exciting chart. There's something else I want to look at in your chart here. You are right now finishing up a cycle. Um, In the Indian system, each part of your life is the responsibility of one of the pattern Planets. And the planet that's been ruling your life for the last 15 years is Jupiter, which is a very good planet, but it can make things big. <laughs> things that you don't expect to get big can get big. But it's very good and it's very kind. But we've also got something going on with your Jupiter. Starting Christmas of 2022, you enter Jupiter Rahu, which Rahu is, is the north node in Western astrology. And it lives in your fifth house. So it can have to do with your children. It can have to do with love affairs or something like that. It can have to do with your creativity. And one of the things that's been giving you since then is panic. You're panicked about there's not enough of something in those theme areas of your life. And the the funny thing about Rahu is it makes us want something and it's, it's in the head. It's, all, it's monkey mind. What if, what if, what if, what if? Oh, that's not going to happen. We've got to do this and this and to keep this from happening. It's just rattle, 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 rattle in your brain. And it doesn't have anything to do with your heart or your gut. Because this isn't a planet. It's a point that's involved in the eclipses. And it's the head without a body. And so you don't have a heart with Rahu. And you don't have guts. And you're doing all your work from your brain which isn't the most sensitive point of our body. (coughs) It's the monkey mind, the one that rattles with ideas that aren't necessarily having to do with anything. So this has been a somewhat stressful time for you. One of the exercises you can do for Raku is on Saturdays, light a dark colored candle, dark blue or black candle, put pictures of Unusual, weird people around it. Okay, and um, that's something you can do at home without going out. And you get one of those tall candles at the grocery store that are in glass, and you just right. have to light it for a few, a few minutes a day. If you want to, you can leave it all day, but you will get black spots on your ceiling from the soot. And pay attention to the the virtue of craziness, the virtue of trying new things that aren't really good, the virtue of not knowing what's going on. Those are all virtues, but we're afraid of them. And so if you do that on Saturdays, and the other option could be on Saturdays, you could give dark-colored food to homeless people, to shut-ins, to elderly people. And those would be good exercises that that will calm your brain, calm your brain from being rattly, rattly, rattly. And then in okay. May of 2025, which is, you know, a year and a half from now, you enter a Saturn Dasha, planetary period. And Saturn rules two good houses in your chart. And it lives in your third house, so it has something to do with siblings. But in your Navamsha, which is, okay, in the Indian system, your birth chart is like the promise. And the Navamsha is what it feels like. And in the Navamsha, this Saturn is involved with every planet but the sun. And it's, it's the um, administrator. So you will have an opportunity to be a very strong leader in the Saturn period, which is a long period. It's 20 years nineteen excuse me years. So the Saturn is going to be very different than the Jupiter period and it's not going to be as crazy crazy as Rahu. It's going to demand that you take responsibility for some things or that you carry some burdens. And when I say that I also need to caution you not to carry burdens that are not your own. Because that can that can turn your karma backwards. That means if, if you're doing somebody else's job, they came to this earth to learn something and part of it was doing this job. And if you do it for them, they don't get to learn it. And you have to suffer that karma of taking away their opportunity to learn. So my grandmother used to have a good solution for that kind of problem. She'd never tell me what I should do or to do it for me. But she would say, I have an idea about that situation if you'd like to hear it. And then she'd shut up. And then it was up to me to follow up. And right. so she was very responsible about that pattern. It's a good thing to use with your children. Um, one of your children is kind of Rahu-oriented in, in his or her head, kind of rattling in their own head. And it's a Saturn sign You've got brilliant kids. They're not normal. I mean, I don't mean abnormal. They're just they uh, go their own I, way. I, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Kayla.
1: Thanks so much for taking my, my call. Oh, wow. You're very welcome. Well, you had the mother load of, of readings there. Um, <laughs> I had to stand on yeah, so mute. was just going, oh, my God, wow, like, How do you tell, I mean, that's so specific, a a sibling passed away and and unplanned pregnancy. You can see that in her chart?
0: Yeah, yeah. The the first house is you, when I look at this chart this way. The third house is is your younger sibling. The 11th house is your older sibling. And there's Venus, a feminine sign in the 11th house. So she probably had an older sister. Then Saturn, it's, it's a limiting planet, often having to do with death. And it's in the third house of a younger sibling. And it's opposite the moon, which is her own mothering instinct. So she was mothering. She felt like a mother to this child. I mean, it's, it's just laid out for us. It just is. Wow.
1: That's crazy.
0: So specific.
1: It is. Um, by the way, to anybody it's, listening, it's, it's if you do we get, have... get a little delay, I was just going to say, in case she wasn't taking notes, you go to newsforthesoul.com, it'll be archived later, and you can hear it all again, but wow, that just was mind-blowing.
0: Well, it's, it's fun, and actually, it's not a bad thing that we started with the wrong chart, because we were getting wrong information, you know? Yeah. And right. then we switched to the right chart, and we could just nail it.
1: Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's fun. It's um, fun. It's you know, I'll just fun let work. you know that we we only have a couple of minutes left. That just swooshed by. But hey, we did it. We I think we vanquished a few negative gremlins
0: <laughs> along the way. Yeah, and, I think uh, we did. And, and in the future okay. will be 5 p.m. on the fourth Saturday, right? Friday. Friday. Fourth Friday. Fourth <laughs> Friday at 5. Fourth Friday,
1: yeah. 5 f Pacific,
0: Pacific
1: time. Okay, uh, we I'm can gonna, do that, we I'm can gonna, do that. Yeah, and we'll work out a backup plan. We've got this now, and holy cow. Um, all right, so we've got a couple minutes for some shameless
0: self-promotion.
1: What would you like to share?
0: Well, what I'd like to do is simply remind people that these stars and the planets in the sky are part of the universe that we see from our place on Earth. And we are part of them and they are part of us. And so astrology is a very natural thing. It's an energy system that is part and parcel of who we are as a human and what changes in the sky affects us as a human. And so what I really love to do, Nicole, is reading charts for people. I look at world situations, but I, I really love doing charts for individuals. And so, yeah, self-promotion. Contact me. We'll look at your chart. We'll find out all sorts of things. We'll look at what you can do to make something better, how to deal with tricky situations that have popped up in your life. There's all sorts of good things we can find out about where you are and who you are and what you're heading for. So I guess that's that's the shameless self-promotion part.
1: There you go. Um, And today was a very excellent demonstration of, of uh, the value of this. Wow. Um, absolutely blown away. And, uh, and is all linked up at com And back on the fourth Friday of every month, 5 p.m. Pacific time. God fourth willing. Fourth Friday and 5, FFF. <laughs> <laughs> and I will email and text and Twitter and do whatever i can do <laughs> to make sure we stay on top of it all right and yeah, yeah great we're, we're good we're thank good again. thank you so much nicole and thank you kayla thanks for calling thanks. in that was awesome um you know and that was the other thing i was going to say just before we wrap up is that i love that you go deep when uh, you know like we've never been about the superficial typical radio you know two-minute readings that don't go anywhere and, you know, I yeah. love that you go deep, and it, we wouldn't have seen the the depth of this without you know that experience. So that was awesome. So I'm looking forward to next time right. already, Anne. Take care.
0: Okay, I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you, Nicole, so much.
1: <laughs> all right, <laughs> bye <here> Next time, <laughs> Anne. Storyal Astrology. All linked up at newsforthesoul.com. We're back with more, I think, <laughs> after this. Okay. <laughs> hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show